We're going to be learning the third Sikha for Parshas Ekev. The sugyas that we're going to be discussing in this Sikha will be the concept of Kepeda the Baal and Hefker. Kepeda the Baal means that when the Baal, an owner, has personal property and he is stringent that no one is allowed to use it or cannot take it, then of course, by taking it, that would be considered stealing. But if he's not Makbid and he doesn't care if someone else takes it or uses it, then in certain scenarios, that would not be considered stealing. And what we're going to be discussing in this share is the reasons behind, the halachic concepts behind this, uh, this idea of when the Baal is not Makbid, uh, someone else would be allowed to take this particular item. And we'll also be discussing the ideas of Hafkar. Uh, just to give a quick example, what this idea of Kepeda Kabal could mean in day-to-day type of life, let's say, for example, you're in shul and you're writing some notes with your pen, and then you get up to go get a coffee and you leave your pen on the table. Someone else comes in and needs a pen. Is this individual allowed to use that pen without asking you? The Pashtas, probably, you know, people don't really care if you, people don't really care if you use the pen. If you would ask, of course, you'd say yes. Most people would say yes. On the other hand, you're not there right now. Would he be allowed to use that pen without asking or would that be considered stealing? So this, this would be a question which is totally on the concept of is the, the kapeda the ba? And, uh, we're not going to give any halakha lamaisa scenario uh, uh, answers, of course, but we will be discussing the concepts behind um, behind this question. So just to give the map of this year, so we're first going to start with the R30, which gives us the background of these concepts. After we have the full background of the concepts, then we will go into the Sikha itself, which is the Sion Masacha Spavakama, we're going to bring the Gemara, and then we're going to discuss the scene that the Rabbi Marash made on it, the questions that the Rabbi has on the Rabbi Marash. And based on the answer of how the Rabbi explains the Rabbi Marash, we're going to come to a whole new concept of the ideas of Hefker. We'll see what the Chiddush of the Rabbi is more than what was uh, in, in the prior generations. We'll see what the idea of Hefker is first until, um, let's say, the Alter Rabbi, the Rabbi Marash, the Rabbi, and then we will show what the Chiddush is in the Sicha about the concept of attacker. So let's start. So the, the Neidib Yehuda has, a, has a, had an interesting shayla in, in his uh, childhood too. So the Neidib Yehuda, there's an interesting question which was asked, which is, of course, the, the classic question, I should say, the classic question of a, two teenagers, a boy and a girl. A boy uh, makes a joke. He takes like, a, he was at someone's house. He takes a pair of scissors. Gives it to the girl and says, Hari Atm Lee, you're married to me with this. And uh, the whole thing was very funny until the, the you know, people were there, there were Aiden there, people were watching, like, wait a second, you were just in the Kaddish, or she's now your wife. The Balabas wasn't present at, at that time, but when the Balabas came home, they asked him, like, would you have cared if people would have taken the scissors? He says, scissors, this is a cheap pair. Like, I wouldn't care about such things. Of course not. Like, if you would have, for sure, I would have just given it to him. So the question now is, are they considered married or not? So the truva goes into many different ways of how to be mako uh, in this scenario. But what's relevant for us is the question where that Lechaira, the scissors didn't even belong to him. So true, when the Balabas might have come later and said, I wouldn't have cared, of course he could have it, that might work for the future. But at the moment that he took those scissors, Lechaira, it wasn't his. So of course it should not be considered a marriage. So the Nebuchadnezzar tells us that that's actually not so simple. We have a Rambam, this is a Rambam in, in, in Ishus, Perkei of Hilchas Ishus, Halachachas. It says over there in a scenario where a person goes into someone's house and he takes either a food or a kli and he's Makadish a woman with it. And then the Balabas comes in and says, oh, you took that one? You should have taken even a better one. So the Lacha is Eina Mekadashis because he didn't ask, so it was stealing. And this that the Balabas said, you should have taken even a better one, that's just because he didn't want to embarrass him. But of course, when he took it, that the Baal would have been Makbid. Therefore, it would not be Mukudashis. And then the Ram continues in a situation, let's say that it was something very, of very little value, for example, a date or a nut, and he takes it without the knowledge of the Balabas, then it's a suffix Mukudashis. Because we don't know if the Balabas would have been Makbid. So the Yunayi Behuda wants to understand what exactly is this second case of Enim Kudashis because we do not know if the Baal is Makbid. So he says, Lechaira, 
if you look at it, the person took, let's say, a date without the permission of the Balabas. So even if it has very little value, even if it's less than a Shavapruta, but it's not his. You have the Balabas. The Balabas has ownership, and he never gave this ownership up. He never gave it to you. Of course, the date belongs to the Balabas. He might not be mocked if you take it, if you ask him, but even if you didn't ask him, you're not going to be mocked. But the point is, though, it's not yours. It's his. So until you actually ask him, he transfers it. You make a Kenyan, and now it becomes into your property. L'chaira, you should not be considered married. Therefore, the Nehubi Yehuda wants to say that we're talking about a scenario when the Balabas was actually there. And what happened is he took it without the permission of the Balabas. The Balabas sees what's happening. He doesn't ask the Balabas. He takes a date and is Makadish, a woman, within in front of the Balabas. So since the Balabas was there and he sees what's happening, therefore, we can assume that he probably wasn't Makadish. And he would, and he's tra- and would transfer ownership of this date over to the uh, young man. But since we're not 100% sure, but what's the issue? The issue is that this date is worth less than a Shavaputa. And Allah is, if Mekadashim with less than a Shavaputa, it would not be considered a marriage. But we have another Allah that says that even if you Mekadash somebody with a food or a kli, that in the particular locale where you are, it's not worth a Shavaputa. But in a different place, it says in Madai, it's worth that amount, then it's considered a Mekadashim. So even where you are right now, it's not worth the Shavaputa. But maybe there is another place that it is worth the Shavaputa. And because there's a doubt that maybe there is some place where it's, a, where it's, where it's, um, where it would be Kudeshes, therefore it's considered a Safa Kudeshes. So that's how the Nadi Behuda wants to say that's the way that you should learn this particular Allah. That, of course, you always need the permission of the owner to give it to you. Over here, the owner is there. You didn't ask for permission, but he sees what's going on. He sees you take it, and he's Moichel when he sees you take it and you give it to the girl, and the only reason why it's a Satham Kudashis is because it might be worth a Shavaputa in some other location, and therefore it's a Satham Kudashis. And that's also how the preacher learns this case. But the and therefore, how would it be relevant in our scenario? He says, when this Bachar took the scissors, the Balabas wasn't home. So if the Balabas wasn't home, then of course, the whole story wouldn't even begin, and it would not be considered Mukudashis. The Nehudi continues though, that most of the Mephorshim of the Raman don't explain the Salacha this way. And he says, I, therefore, he says, I can't base a heter of Ashish Ish on my own interpretation when the Roy, it says, it's me and basically the Prisha hold this way, while all the other Nisakalim look, learn the Raman differently. And therefore, he says, I can't base the heter on, on, on the way that I would, the way I understand it. He says, rather, what, how do the other Mephorshim learn it? They understand it, that we're talking about even if the date was for sure worth a Shavaputta. And we're also talking about that the Balabas was not there. So the Balabas is not there. We know it's worth the Shavaputa. But the thing is, we know that the Balabas might not be Makbid on the date. So they're learning that even in a scenario when he's not there, it might be considered automatically uh, not, not Makbid on it. And therefore, since it's automatically not Makbid on it, whoever takes it could, could take acquisition of it. And he explains what's the idea behind it. So he says, we have, let's start with the idea of Hefker. We have a concept of Hefker. When someone was mafkir an item, anyone is allowed to take this particular item. But the condition with Hefker is it has to be Hefker to the whole world. You can't say it's Hefker to, the, to poor people, but not to rich people. It has to be Hefker to everybody. And the idea of Hefker is that you're removing your ownership from it, and whoever wants to take it is allowed to take this particular item. He says, in this scenario also, how the other Mephorshim learn it, is that since we know that the Baal, doesn't care for it. He's not Makbid. And he's not, doesn't care if anybody would take it. And that's a very important point. He doesn't care if anybody take it. Even if his enemy can take a particular item, then it, that, then anybody could acquire. For example, let's say you finish your can of Coke, you have an empty can of Coke. So technically it still belongs to you. Um, but since you don't care if anybody would take it, you even let a, a, your enemy take that can of Coke. It has no value to you. Therefore, um, if someone takes it, they are able to actually take acquisition to have the ownership, uh, uh, ownership of it. But he says it has to work the same way as Hefker. So just like Hefker has to be to everybody, so also this idea of being not being Makbid, and it's clear that the Balabas would not be Makbid in a particular situation, therefore it would automatically be Hefker, would have to be that it's to everybody. So in the scenario that we're talking about is a pair of scissors. So even if the Balabas comes in and says, I don't care if this, you know, I would have been happy if, the, if this Bakr would have taken it. 
He says, I'm never laughing about certain these types of yanim if my friends or family take it. He says, true, but that, what if a guy took it? If a guy took it, you would have been laughing. So he wasn't really being mafkir. Not, he had to be mafkir to everybody. Since this wasn't hefkir to everybody, then this rule of hefkir wouldn't kick in. So in other words, according to the other Mephorshim, this idea that when the Baal is not mafkir on a particular item, it's automatically considered hefkir, is dependent if he is literally doesn't care about it and would let anybody take this item. But if it has some type of value to him, and therefore you give it to certain people but not to others, then this rule would not kick in. So going back to the case of the Rambam, when we're talking about a fig or a date, a date or a nut, so that's a scenario where we don't know. It's a suffix. So the case would be is we don't know, is this something that he would let anybody have? Or maybe not. So therefore it would be a suffix because I guess it has a very little value to say it's worth a shabbatrota. Probably in most scenarios, it could be an item that could be taken by everybody. Most people aren't mafid, but it's not 100% clear. Therefore, it would be a suffix mukadashis in such a scenario. But if it was something that, you know, let's say it was Makadish or with a can of, uh, an empty can of Coke, which you can get 5%, uh, 5 cents in recycling or 10 cents nowadays. So that's worth a shabbatrota. Nobody would care. So technically, if you took the empty can of Coke and he gives it to the girl, that's worth, let's say, 10 cents. So of course, he wouldn't be mafid to anybody. And that type of would have worked. It would have been a suffix mukadashis, would have been a for sure mukadashis. So let's just summarize what, we, what we've learned from the Noyed Bihuda. So the Noyed Bihuda says his own shot, his own personal opinion, is that you always need permission from the owner, from the Balabas. Any item that you take always needs to have some type of permission from him. The opinion of the Roiv Mephorshim holds that if it's something that we know that he would not care even if a guy took it, it would be hefker theoretically to everybody, that even if he doesn't say beferish, it's hefker, it, we could automatically assume that this item is hefker and you would be allowed to take it. The example I gave was an empty chemical. The Avni Meluyim quotes this Neudibihuda, but he asks a question on him. He says, look, wait a second, the way how the Neudibihuda is learning is that it's hefker. So and he is, let's say you, you have this empty can of Coke or you have a plate of dates and let's say it's in a place where you're not mafid. So someone can take it because it doesn't have any, uh, the, the balabas will not be mafid. He says, if it's working, it's not the halakhas of the hefker. He says, the chayar hefker have certain rules to it. Hefker is considered also a, a nether, an oath, that you're being, making a nether that this will belong to anybody. We're not going to get into the, all the reasons why Hefker is considered a nether, but that's the halakha. It is considered a certain type of nether. And therefore, the nafkamina is, you're not allowed to retract on it. Once you make something Hefker, you can't say, oh, I changed my mind. What you need to do is, you need to go actually make a new kinyan on it. You're just like anybody else. You're mafkir a particular item. Anybody can come and make a kinyan and take acquisition. So you can do the same. But you can't just change your mind, you know, and just take it back and start using it, because that means you went against your Hefker, uh, and, and that would be halakhically uh, problematic. Uh, give an important example to this. When a person owns a, a field of, uh, let's say, a, a granary, it has a lot of grain in it, which is high and trumus and nicerous. Um, you know, let's say even an earlier stage in that, actually. So when it's still even still in his field. Yeah, so he has a field full of produce, and he's mafkir, the field, uh, he's mafkir it. So lacha is that produce, which is hafkir, you don't need to do trumus and nicerous on so if he makes this field hafker, it would not be whoever comes and acquires it would not be high in trumus and miser. So technically, even if he came and acquired his field, made a kinyan on this field, which is hafker, he would also be able to be part of trumus and misers. But the halacha is, he's not allowed to just go back into his field and start working on, you know, as a, like a regular day, business as usual, because that means he's going against his hafker. He made it hafker to everybody. By going back into the field and just using it as if you're the balabas without actually making a new kinyan, you're going against the nether, the hafker that you made, and therefore that would be also. She says, he says, it comes out of a very weird situation. We have many things that were not mocked on, and therefore anybody could use it. As a, you know, maybe, maybe the example of the pen, the example of a can of Coke. So he says, according to this, the empty can of Coke, according to this, any time somebody owns something that he would not be mocked on, and then he wants to use it, you'd actually have to be reacquiring it. So you have a plate of, let's say, dates, so every date that you want to eat, you have to like acquire that date before eating it because you're not mocked if someone else takes it. 
And if you're not being kainik, therefore you'd be over on this isra of, of being over on your nether, of making something happen. He says, that's, that's crazy. We don't see anybody that does it, that something that they wouldn't have been mocked on, that they have to make a new Kenyan in order to be able to use that item. He says, we don't see that anywhere. So therefore, he doesn't like this concept. And he explains it, uh, he explains this concept in a different way. And he says like this, that when a Balabas has an item which is, it has, it doesn't have a lot of value to him, he's not mocked on it, what he's really doing is he's giving it as a gift to anybody who wants to take it. He's being chaynev and he's giving like a little bit to somebody that comes to take it without his permission, and someone that comes and t- takes it without permission, he gives it a gift. So let's say the pen. So if I have the pen and someone comes and uses it without my knowledge, I, I don't care. I'm not mocked on it. It doesn't mean I'm making the pen after. It just means is that I give it as a gift that if someone wants to come, we could assume that he would, uh, that, that you're basically giving it as a gift. So the big nafkamina would be is that it doesn't need to be to everybody. So if, for example, if you're in the yeshiva and it's understood that in yeshiva you don't care if any other, other bathroom come and use the pen. So that would mean it would be, that would be fine. But if you would care if some uh, stranger came in, um, some strangers came in, that, that, the, that doesn't mean that you're not makbid. Meaning is, if it's something that you're not makbid, let's say for the yeshiva, so it's a gift that you're giving to anybody in the yeshiva and they can come and use the pen. But for anybody else, they wouldn't be able to use it. So according to the Neu Yehuda, if you'd be makbid, if someone's outside of the yeshiva came and used the pen, that means it's not hefker, and that means nobody can use the pen. according to the you if, if it's clear that for a particular group of people you're not makbid, they can come and use it whenever they want for this very low-value object, anybody else. Uh, so therefore, uh, in the case of the Rambam, he, he learns it like that also, that when the person has the date or, or, or the not, he would give it as a gift. Someone came and took it, it would actually be a gift. But in this scenario, it's a suffix if he would have given it as a gift, therefore it's only a suffix in uh, He doesn't get into the Shaila of the Neide Bihuda, he just discusses this one point. But as I mentioned, the Neide Bihuda has many different ways, of, of had a few ways of giving this uh, boy and girl a hatter. But th- this particular way, of course, would not have worked. Um, actually, probably would have worked because it's, it's a pair of scissors. So the pair of scissors would have been a gift. But, well, right, since it's, he says that I would have given this pair of scissors to anybody as a gift, any, like, you know, friends and family as a gift, that means it would be something which is considered that he's mocked on. And the Bakr could have taka taken him and that would actually be a big issue because he was allowed to take it because it was a gift. And if he, he was Makadish with it, that would work. So therefore, the, as I said before, I actually originally said the Avon William would not hold of this particular hatter of the Nadeh Bihuda. But as mentioned, Nadeh Bihuda had a few reasons why to be Mako. He might have held of some of the other ones. Okay, so just to summarize what we've said so far, I'm going to just summarize maybe the two main points which are going to be relevant for the Sikha, is that when an individual is not makbid about a particular item, according to the Bihuda, you are allowed to take that item only if he's not makbid if anybody takes it because it works as a form of hafter. It's a non-verbal hafter. According to the Avni Meluyim, it works as a way as a gift. So you could make it somewhat individualized. So it's a non-verbal gift, it's, uh, and it's only to people that you would not have cared if they came and used the item, then they could actually come and use that item because they can assume that you're not makbid, and it would be considered a gift. So last important part that we need to learn before we go into the Sikha proper, is the Chassam Seifer. He has a very similar question. Because his question was that there was a boy and a girl, and the boy was sitting next to this barrel, let's say a wine barrel of some sort, some keg, and he takes a strip of the wood, like he peels off a strip, he makes it look like, you know, it makes it into like a little ring, a little wooden ring, and he gives it to the girl like Hiram Mukadeshously. So the question over here was, of course it was a joke, fine, but also the barrel didn't belong to him. So the piece of wood, the, 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 the strip, the strippings that he took off in the, the barrel also didn't belong to him. And, but another detail which is important is that that doesn't even have a value of a Shavaputta. By the case of the Nadebihu, there was a pair of scissors. So scissors, of course, have a, is worth a few dollars. So it didn't have that problem of not being worth the Shavaputta. It's definitely worth the Shavaputta. And the whole question is, would the Baal have been Makbid or not? That would have been the question. But over here, it's, it's, like, it's like, like a little splinter. It's a little shaving of, of the wood keg that doesn't have the shavaput. If it would have fallen on the ground, it would have been swept up and thrown into the garbage. So the Shiloh over here is, in such a scenario, is it considered 
um, you know, the, you'd have to ask the Baal, the owner, for, for, for permission. So the Chassam Taifur tells us that even though, of course, generally, you can never rely, even on something which is less than Shadrach Prutha, you can never rely that the um, Balabas is not Mafid. But in this scenario, this is different than most scenarios. Because over here, everyone throws it into the garbage. You sweep it up and you throw it into the garbage. Therefore, there's this Giloy Das, and it doesn't matter to the Balabas. And he explains it uh, based on, two, uh, on an interesting uh, from the Yushalmi, but the Shulchan Aruch brings it, that what happens if a person has a big pile, a big wagon full of toothpicks? Are you allowed to take one of those toothpicks? Because probably people don't really care if you have this big pile to take out a toothpick or something from a big thing of wood. Most people don't care. So one opinion says, yes, you are allowed to take it because it doesn't have the people, uh, most people would not care. But he brings a second opinion that says, you shouldn't take it because even though you're right, he wouldn't care if you took one, but, but you know, if everybody took one, then eventually he would care because it would have no more value anymore, right? It's kind of like when you bring a bottle of milk into the, uh, into the yeshiva fridge, you don't care if one guy takes it. But the problem is everybody takes it and then you're not gonna have any left, so therefore you'd be mocked. So if you need to consider this, even though technically uh, the person would not be mocked, over here, you shouldn't take it. He says, according to the opinion that says you're not mocked, when it has very little value, like the to- toothpick, you're allowed to just take it even without asking. Then our situation where the guy took the stripping of the keg, for sure that would be fine. He says, but even if you need that you shouldn't have taken it, he says, even according to that opinion, he would have said over here is 100% fine. Because by the case over there, we said every toothpick eventually would add up to have some type of value. Therefore, you shouldn't take it even one. Ashenkin over here, this is something that you throw out. You're just going to put it into the garbage. It doesn't have any value on its own. And he brings the proof from this from the case of comments. That we know that by the case of chametz, the person has perure, has crumbs of chametz inside of the home. So the Mugmar tells us that even if it's inside of your home and you guard your home, but the perure chametz are automatically going to be considered bottle. And the reasoning is because it has no value to you. So therefore he says they're memela hefker. He brings the Magad of Ram that says this idea that it will be memela hefker because for you it has uh, no value and therefore you'd not be makbid. Uh, and it will be similar to a case with Spar and Magmar over there that a person has a date field and it's already the end of the date season. Actually, sorry, figs. He has a fig field and it's at the end of the fig season. And there's some, like, some figs on the floor and they're small and they're never gonna ripen. So we know that the Balabas doesn't care about those ones. So even though he guards his fields because he still has grapes uh, being harvested, but if someone would come and take that unripe uh, fig, which we know is just gonna mo- rot and go to the garbage, that's actually permitted even though it's in someone else's property, and even though he's guarding that property, it's because we know he's not makbid at all. So it has no value. So you say the same thing over here, by the, by, by, the, by the chametz, it also would have no value. So going back to the case of Kedushin, he says when the person took off the strip, since that's something that would always go in the garbage, it's considered that we know for sure that the Baal would not have been makbid. Therefore, since we know that he would have been makbid, it would be considered the ownership of the Bakr. So that would not be a, a possible hetter, and he has to come to possible hetter from other places. But he says definitely it would be considered the property of the buffer who took this little strip of wood. So now we could get into the, with, with this uh, bit of knowledge, we could get into the sicha proper. And just to summarize again, the chassam cipher is basically going in the same sheet of the Nehdi Behuda, but he adds explanation. The Nehdi Behuda brought that, that when the Balabias is not Makbid, it has to be that he's not Makbid to anybody because it works on the grounds of Hefker. The Chassam Soifer added an explanation that how do we know when the Balabais is Makbid, basically? It's if it's something that he, like, he throws out, something that he's Megala Das, that it has no value for him. But if there is no Gili Das, then it could be either a Suffolk, like the case of the Rambam, by the, by the not the Fig, or it could be for sure it would not work. Then we have the opinion of Al-Malim that it works as a gift, that he gives, he allows a, a very un, un, a very low-value gift to be given even without being asked. So now we can go into the Sicha. So the end of Masechah's Babakama it tells us more halachas about this idea of, of Hakpada. But over, in the Mishnah, it's not talking about an individual, it's talking about the custom of the Medina. And it tells us that, for example, that if you have a, laun, a launderer, and on the lawn, when he's doing the laundry, like little pieces at the bottom uh, comes out. There's little pieces at the bottom that are put in that comes out when you do the laundry. Since it's of little value, the launderer can keep it. Asha'inkin, if it's the person who's combing a fleece, 
So that's a lot more of the um, fleece that would come out because of the combing. That the Balabais would be mopping, and he has to give it to the Balabais. Then the Mishnah gives many examples of this, like when a person would be mopping, when he wouldn't. And then the finish, Mishnah finishes off that in situations where you're in the home of the Balabas, then even if it's sawdust, we said sawdust, he wouldn't care about. Chips of wood, yes, but sawdust, he wouldn't care about. But if you're in the house of the Balabas, since it's so easy for the Balabas to um, get it, he would be mapped. So in other words, that when you're in the house of the Uman, the Balabas doesn't care. He's not going to go get sawdust from the guy's house. It's, it's not worth enough value. Therefore, it's hefker and the guy can just keep it. Masha'in came, if it's in the guy's house, then it's very easy for him to get it. It's, it's already there. So then he would be mocking, and you're not allowed to take it. So what are the two ways of uh, explaining it? So based on the, what we've been explaining, there's two ways of understanding this mission. We have the style of the Neide Biruda, who's going to say that this is a form of Hafkar, that since the, it's, it's, it was the custom of, of launderers that the small ones have no value, therefore the guy doesn't care. Masha'enkein if it's a comer. So therefore, it's, there, it's, it's, there's a gili dust. This was the meaning of that particular place, that they do not care about this particular Indian. Therefore, you, could, you are allowed to keep it. This is something that they would not be makbed on. This is something they would be makbed on. So the things that they're not makbed, and it wasn't makbed for anybody, you're allowed to keep it, as we said. If, if you, any, like, he wouldn't care if even a goy took the little strings or the sawdust. Therefore, you, you'd be allowed to, uh, not to keep it. According to the Abdel Bluyam, he'd learn a little bit differently. He'd be saying that, though, this is a, a gift that he gives. He, this is a gift that he gives to the launderer. This is the gift that he gives to the carpenter, the sawdust. But since it has very little value, he lets him keep it. Masha'enkin, if it's actually in the house of the Balabas, he says, you know what, he, he, since it's so easy for me to take it, he wouldn't give it as a gift. Rather, he'd want to keep it for himself. And the Nafkamino between the Neide Behuda and the Abdel Bluyam would be, um, let's say in the case of the sawdust, and it's the house of the Uman. So according to the Noyde Behuda, that's a form of Hefker, then technically anybody can come and take it because when he makes it Hefker, uh, then anybody technically is allowed to take from Hefker. It's just is that the Uman, if it's a house, your house of course to be a choir without anybody's knowledge, or even if he's doing it in a public area, since he's the closest, he's going to be the one that hops for it first. But technically anyone can take it. According to the opinion of the Avnei uh, Beluyim, it would be dependent on maybe this could be at least you could learn that it's a din specifically that he doesn't care if the you know his worker the carpenter the launderer takes it but it might not be happy to everybody so this is a small gift that he would give to the guy who's doing work for him it might not be a gift that he would give to anybody okay the end of the gemara tells us it quotes the words that if it's uh if it's by the house of the balabas then it's not considered um then, then it belongs to the Balabas. And it tells us, Tanah Rabbanah, it gives us a bribe to them. It's not to say them, that those who chisel stone, there is no stealing over there. Right? So if you're a person that's chiseling, we assume that the Balabas does not care about the little uh, crumbles of rock that come out, the little pebbles, uh, and therefore you'd, you'd be allowed to keep it. So based on this, there are Marash, we have a machine of the Rebbe Marash, it's printed in the Sefer Adeldus of the Rebbe Marash, that gives a seam on Masachas Babakama. And he asks this question that it says in this week's parsha, Psalacha, that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to uh, carve out the Luchai Shniyas. And the Gemara tells us that it says Psalacha means that the Psalacha Shulcha, that the remnants of the Luchais would belong to Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem's telling him that you can keep the remnants. So when you're carving out the letters, whatever those extra uh, scrapings were there, you, you'd be allowed to keep it. So the Rebbe Marash asks, L'chayra, based on our Gemara, everything is dependent if the Balabas is Makbid. So we said in the Gemara clearly that by the case of the Sasei Avadim, that, that it that doesn't have any Gezel because the Balabas doesn't care. So when Moshe Rabbeinu is carving out the Luchais, that's basically just a block of rock. So we already know from our Gemara that that's automatically Hafgar, and anybody can take it. So Oibazai, also over here, it should be, Moshe Rabbeinu should automatically own it. So why does Hashem need to give it to him as a gift, Psalacha, that these Psalists are yours? L'chayra, uh, they, they, have, they have no value and would automatically belong to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And just to read the Lashon of the Marash, because it's going to be relevant. He says, Sarach l'haven, im kein, ma'am alayhi kadosh baruch lo Moshe, Psalacha, ma'achah she'em, v'hem shum gezel. 
He says, based on this idea that there's no gazel because the Balabas doesn't care, then why does Hashem need to tell Moshe there's no gazel anyway? This is Masasayavadim. It's automatically Hefker and Moshe Rabbeinu could have taken it. Uperish, Midnesh and Hefker, and he explains because they're Hefker. They're not Shaykh to the Bailam, to the owners. And the Uman is closer to it, as we said uh, earlier, that since it's far away from the Balabas, the Balabas, it's not worth it for the Balabas to go and get these pebbles from the stones. Uh, or actually, we didn't give it, sorry, the sawdust. We said that if we wouldn't care to go and get the sawdust, the Mashiach, if it's his own property, he would care. But over here, uh, the, 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 but if, when it's not in his own property, the Uman Karvyeser, the Uman is closer. It's not worth it for the Balabas to come and get it. So over here also, the Uman, since he is closer to this, Moshe Rabbeinu is closer to the, the, the shavings of, uh, from, the, from the wood. Uh, so why does Hashem need to give him as a gift? L'chayr should be automatically hafker. There's no violin. And the Uman is the closest. So therefore the Uman would be the one who would acquire. So he answers, Achshom Tzapir. He says, no. Because over there, the Luchas were made out of sapphire, Sampirayim. The Gemara tells him, regular stones. But over there, by the Luchas, we're talking about very special stones, and therefore that would not be, of course, Zbata. The Rashima continues, that the Rashbas asks, asks him, he says, but look, um, right, so, so let me just summarize that. So, in other words, that the Rebbe Marash is saying, that even though we know that is something that the Baal would not be mocked on, so therefore, according to the Avonim Luyim, it would be automatically have to according to the uh, sorry, according to the Nebi Huda, it would be automatically hafker to end everybody, according to the Avnei Meluyim, it would be considered to be giving a gift. But that's only by something very cheap. But if the Vanam Taivis, if it's a Sankirayim, then it would be something that would be Makbed, and it would have to be given specifically as a gift, and that's what Hashem did to Maisha. So the Rashvats asks the Rebbe Rashab, but Lagar Lamaila, ain't a Makim, a few He says, but Lamaila, it's not Taipas Makim, even a good stone Hashem doesn't care about. So to explain this question a bit more based on the explanations that we've been given is that we already said that in a situation where we know the Lavalabas doesn't care about that particular item, it's automatically Hefker, for example. We said about like crumbs of Hametz. So the crumbs of Hametz, we know he doesn't care about the crumbs of Hametz. So therefore, it's, so therefore they're automatically Mela Hefker. We spoke about the case where the, the boy took the shavings of the barrel. We say it's automatically half because they usually sweep it up. So over here, Lachaira, Avanim Taivis, Hashem doesn't care if good stones, bad stones, they're all the same thing for him. None of it has any value for him. Therefore, of course, he would not be mocked. So therefore, even if it's some Purin, why would that make a difference? Lachaira, it should automatically be half because Hashem doesn't care. And Moshe Rabbeinu would have been able to acquire it. So the Ramarash answers him, but Haryasal Lamata, the Isa Shamayla Lahib Silas says, no, he made them below. Because the ones that were made above, meaning the the Luchas Rishonis, the first Luchas that Hashem made, that didn't have any Pseilas. We're talking about the Luchas Shnias, and Luchas Shnias, we know that was carved out by Moshe, it was made below, therefore it goes according to the Luchas, which are down here. Because we know that molecular arts Kavaydai, um, sorry, because whenever it's down here, we always go according to the rules of how it is down here. As we know that, Kol Hashem Hashem. As it says that, Anything that you, you designate for Hashem always should be the best. It says, Kol Chelev, all the fat, the best should always be Hashem. Uh, and, and Adrab, even more than that, we know, it says that, uh, whatever Hashem created, there's nothing that He created in Levatala. So, Ibezai, since nothing is made Levatala, therefore everything has value below in this world. So the Rabbi Rosh is answering, in other words, that Enoch the Maila, it wouldn't have mattered to Hashem. But since the Luchas were made below, we go according to the Minakamakim, we go according to what matters here. As we said in the Mishnah, everything goes after the Minakamakim. That's also how the Rambam passes that, that if the meaning of that particular place is that they're not Makbid, then you're allowed to take it. If they are Makbid, then you're not allowed to take it. And he says even more, um, and before Shem explained, that even if there's one person saying, I care, I, I want the sawdust. Bring, you know, leave the, uh, bring the sawdust back. You know, make, make sure to gather it all up and bring it back. You don't need to. Because we say, we don't care what one individual says. It goes after the minimum. It goes after what most people want. And therefore, that one individual that says, I do care, we assume, we have, we assume that, he, that he's not telling the truth or he doesn't even know what he wants. 
and therefore you'd be allowed to take it. So therefore, since we're going by the Gedorm of Lamata, it would be considered to have value. Um, and therefore, if it was a Vonim Stam, the Halacha would have been Taka, the Moshe Rabbeinu could have taken it without anyone's permission, because we're going according to the Gedarm of Lamata. But if it was special stones, then he would not have been allowed to take it unless Hashem gave him permission. So now the Rebbe asks the Shiloh, the Rebbe Peshat. He asks that Lachaira, we know that Hashem La'art Samalai, Hashem fills the entire world. It says that wherever, we also have the rule of, of um, regarding Hektish, that wherever something that blocks the Hektish is, it's considered the treasure of Hashem. So Ibazai, it would be considered Eitzel Balabais. We said in our Mishnah, that when do these rules apply that goes, it's based on the Hakpada of the Balabas. That's only if it's actually inside of the Rishus of the Uman or not inside the Rishus of the Balabais, then it goes, we say he cares or he doesn't care, you know, based on how much value it has. But we said when it's actually Eitzel Balabais, then we said that, that, that then, then the Balabas would care because it's very easy for him to acquire it. So Agozai, uh, just like the Sawdust, it belongs to the Balabais if it was done in his Rishos. So Huadin should be the stones, those little pebbles of stones, since it's within the Rishos of the Balabais, who's Hashem, the Hashem, the whole world belongs to him. So Ibezai should automatically um, belong, it should automatically belong to Hashem. So therefore, we wouldn't need the answer that it was Sampirantite. So basically what the Rebbe is doing over here, he's, he's asking a question, on the premise of the Rebbe Marash. The Rebbe Marash is assuming that Avon and Stam don't have any value, therefore they're automatically after. So why does Hashem need to give it as a gift? And therefore he says, oh, it must have been precious stones. He says, no, even if it was non-precious stones, even if it was Avon and Stam, the rule of Avon and Stam that you're able to keep it is only when it's not in the Rishos of the Balabais. But what's, when, in, when it's in the Rishos of the Balabais, the rule is that it belongs to the Balabais. So since the whole world is the Rishos of Hashem, therefore these pebbles that, that, that Moshe Rabbein would have carved out from the Luchais would have automatically belonged to Hashem, and that's why Hashem needs to give us his gift. Very, 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 uh, very Pashida, uh, you don't need to come to very Pashida answer. The question doesn't even start, the Ramarash's question. So, Luchaira, we can give an answer based on what we've been learning before from the Chassam Seifer, the Nebihuda, that we explained that, we explained that even if it's inside the Rishos of the Balabais, but if we know that the Balabas doesn't care, then you're allowed to take it. For example, let's just do the case of Chametz. That when you have Chametz, it's automatically happening because we know the Balabas doesn't care about it. So even though it's in the Balabas, it's Rishos, I mean, even though that the Balabas has guards around his house, but he's not guarding the Chametz. Therefore, anyone wants to come, come and take it. Right, and that could be, as we said, either Mitzad Dein Yav or it could be an automatic gift because he doesn't care about it and anyone can come get it because it's a gift he'd give to anybody, whatever the, the reason would be. But the point is, even, it doesn't matter if it's, when we say that's in Rishus of the Balabais, then he's going to be Makbid, that's Lukhair only something that has value to it. it. Has a little bit of value, but it's so little, he's not going to bother schlepping to get it. But if it's in my property, I'll keep it. Ashenkin, something which is, he's just going to throw in the garbage. He's not going to, even by the, even if it's in his own property, if the woman worked in his own property and, and you know, has a bunch of empty cans of Coke, he doesn't expect him to leave the empty cans of Coke because there's no value for him. You just throw it out. So L'chaira, that would be an answer to the Rebbe's question. Because the Rebbe's asking L'chaira, this rule that the Balabais is not Makbit is only when it's not in the Balabais's Rishus. But if it's in the Balabais's Rishus, um, if it's inside the Balabais's Rishus, then it belongs to the Balabais. So Oibazoi, since Hashem is everywhere, the stones that Moshe Rabbeinu would have been carving out, the, the remnants of the stones, would have automatically belonged to Hashem. He says that's not true. Because that's only if that thing is considered to have value. But if there's no value to the uh, if there's considered that it has no value by a regular balabas, it's something that you would throw into the garbage, that even, that, that even if it's in the Rishus of the balabas, you'd be able to keep it. So maybe this is the difference. And, uh, between, let's say, sawdust and, and the pebbles. Sawdust has a little bit of value, therefore it's in the Shust of Balabais, the Balabais keeps the Masha Enkin, the, the, the remnants of the stone, uh, is talking because there's no value to that at all. And this would actually fit very well in the Gemara, because in the Gemara, it tells us, it quotes the idea of Masase on the concept of 
when you work, it says, the, the, the words that the Gemara quotes is that if, you're, if, a, if a Uman is working by the Balabayas, then it belongs to the Balabayas. And then it quotes this idea of Masase Abundant, Imhem Shum Gazel. So the implication is, this that it quotes that right after, uh, on the shtickle that's talking about when it belongs to the Balabayas, it's Nashma that even if it's in the, this is an exception to the rule, that even if it's in the, in the Rishus of the Balabayas, Imhem Shum Gazel. So that would be a very good deal. Because the Chayra, if it's the same as we're saying, uh, let's say, sawdust, or, or, or the, the laundry, or the stream that you get from the laundry, then it should have quoted this idea of Masase Abundant by the first part of the Mishnah, where it discussed that. And say, so here's another case where the Balabais is Makbid, if he's not Makbid, and we would have known it's the same rule. But this Sakti Gemara waits and only quotes this din, this Brisa, after discussing that the Balabai, uh, that if it's in the Rishus of the Balabais, then it automatically belongs to the Balabais. And then it says, Masase Abundant, Amish Gezel, the implication is that even in the Rishus of the Balabais, there would not be Gezel. So this would be very Meduic within the Gemara, so it seems very Gishmak. But the Rebbe is not satisfied with this Pshat. Uh, the main reasoning being because what's the what's the difference? You have to have some type of svar. The Rebbe says it's a doich reclaimer came because what's the difference between sawdust and remnants from chiseling a stone? Both of them have very little value, but it's something that if it's people would keep, they have some value because you could use it for other things. Sawdust is not something easily used, but you could use it for certain things if it's convenient you take it. Why would pebbles be any different from that? You know, the Uman is clearly taking it. So what's the logic to differentiate between that? He also says that in the Lashon of the Marash, the Rat Marash says that the reason why Abraham, it says Abraham have the And then it says Uman The Uman is closer. The implication of the words of Uman is that he's trying to explain that since it's after and it's closer to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu being the Uman. So the reason why Hashem needs to gift it to Moshe is because it's automatically, Lechaira, he's asking, it should have been automatically after. Moshe Rabbeinu was closer to it, so therefore he would have acquired it. Um, but that would not work if it's in the Rishos of the Balabais. If it's in the Rishos of the Balabais, Moshe wouldn't have been closer to it. It's closer to Hashem. It should have just said, Eim Ham Hakker, Eim Shayach on the Bible, because there's no value. But this that he's closer wouldn't have necessarily made a difference. Because it's in the Shush of the Balabais. Alamai, this is implying that even if it, this din would apply when it's not in the Rishus of the Balabais. Um, so the Rebbe is going to introduce a, a new concept. We're going to get back actually to this answer. The Rebbe is going to defend it at the end of the Sikha, one of the Ars. But right now we're going to continue to another answer. The additional answer that Rebbe gives is based on the wording of the Marash. The Marash says that. That that they're, that they're, the shehem hefker gomer. Uh, let me get the lashon. It says because they are hefker. They have no shaykhus to the owners. So what he wants to learn is that when it says ein shayachem he's introducing a new gather of hefker. That in and let's just um, explain. A bit. Usually, the way how we've been explaining Hafter until now is based on like, some say for everyone else, is it has to always do with the if, if the balls mocked it on it. And we're saying is that certain things he really doesn't care about at all. Therefore, it could be automatically uh, the Hafter. But it's all dependent on does the ball care or does he not care? Does the is that the minigam of the dina to care or is the minigam of the dina not to care? He says, but the truth is, there's another gather of Hafter, which is. If, is the, the, there could be an item which is hefker mitzad itself. Meaning, in order to have ownership of something, it's really dependent on that the object has value and that it's in your possession. You made a Kenya now it belongs to you. So there's an object which has value, which you acquire. And when you make it hefker, what you're basically doing is you're saying, I'm taking away my ownership of it. And now anybody who wants could actually take a Kenyan of this item which has value. That's how usually hefker works. He says, but there's such a type of hefker is that when the item has no value, the etzim has no value to it, then there can't be any type of ownership because ownership is based on you own something with value. But if the chayf, it's the object, has no value, then it's something which is hefker mitzad itself. The Lashon of the Rebbe says, the signal could say it like this. There's a concept of hefker, which is mitzad the gavra, mitzad the individual, that he's mafker, the item for him, it doesn't matter. And then there's hefker, which comes mitzad the chafsa, because the chafsa has no value, uh, has, has no value on its own. And to give an example of this, or maybe even the source of it, 
uh, from the Rebbe Rash. Is the chayyur from? Is the chayyur from the from the Alter Rebbe? Benigayet Tachametz. So the Alter Rebbe writes. This is in Simon Tuplan Adalid. R thirty two star gives you all the sources. He says Lahari Mepuri Chametz Shehem Betelim Aleim. The Alter Rebbe writes that that pieces of Chametz are bottled on their own. You don't need to be a makdem to hafkirim or to make them hafkir. Shemaleimem hafkir, they are hafkir on their own. And he adds, shar einim chashuvim klal ve'ini b'neadam, because they are not, they have no value at all in the eyes of people. So they have no chashivas at all. He writes the word einim chashuvim klal. So it seems like what the Rebbe is trying to, I think the Rebbe is trying to mivdai from this lahayer, is to, to tell us that the Alter Rebbe explains this idea of purechamet somewhat differently than the Chassam Seifer. By the Chassam Sefer, he said that their Hefker Me'aleam is because people don't usually care. It's something that you throw out. Since it's something that you usually throw out, that's considered a Gili Das that you don't want it. People always throw away the crumbs. So since it's something which is always done, so that is considered the minute. So therefore, it's automatically going to be considered Bafa. But it has to do with the, that the Baal, we know that the Baal would not care about it. But the Alter Rebbe is trying to say is that the reason why they're Hefker on their own is because they're in chashuvim klal. They have no chashivas. They're be'etzim hafker. Because since they have no chashivas, therefore they have no value. So this is an interesting difference between how the Chassam Seifer is learning the idea of Purei Chametz and not the Rebbe. The Chassam Seifer is inside the Gavra. Masha Enkin, according to the Alter Rebbe, it would be inside the Chafsa itself uh, that, that would have no value. So, Oigazai, how would that be relevant to us? Because Let's look at is Masase, are these Masase Avanim, these remnants of the Avanim, are they something that has value? Or are they something which Be'etzem doesn't have any value at all? And the answer the Rebbe tells us is that it's actually really dependent on where you are. He says, in Eretz Yisrael, where it says of uh, Neha Barzel, everything in Eretz Yisrael was made out of stone. They built out of stone, the Tashmishim were out of stone. The stones are so cautious, they even called it um, something that, that Eretz Asher of Nehra So it has a very important cheshivas. But in Bavel, we know, Bavel was a place where there was no stone. As it tells us by the Bigdal, when they made Bigdal David, it, Rashi explains that they, they didn't use stones, they had to use bricks because they didn't have any stones in Bavel. So there's something that they didn't have. So if you're in a place that doesn't have any stones, then you can't really use these the, the remnants for anything. It has, it has no value because there's nothing to use it for. Masha'ikin, if you're in Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, they're always using stones. So you'd add it to the cement, you'd add it for something, you keep it, because it does have value to you. So we're saying, in Bavl, it has zero value at all. Masha'ikin, in Eretz Yisrael, it would have had some value. And this is actually very meduic in the Lashon of the Brisa, compared to the Lashon of Tesefta, to explain the, the, what the differences are. Uh, Tesefta comes with the idea of an, an addition, Tesefta, an addition. What happened was that Rebbe compiled the Mishnahis, and after the Mishnah was compiled, he, they, he, he said over to additions to the Mishnah. So it wasn't additions that were actually put into the Mishnah, but were additions that added details, added some Hezver uh, to, to the Mishnah. That was the idea of the Tesafah. So it was to explain, add explanation to the uh, Mishnah. And it was given from Rebbe to Rebbechia. the idea of a Bryce. A Bryce means Baruch it was created outside. That this was something that Rebbe did not review. He never saw the Bryces. And therefore, the majority of the brises would have been made, of course, in bubble, especially a brise that's quoted in the Talmud of Avli. These are brises that would have been majority in bubble. So if you look at the Tesefta, the Tesefta doesn't make any distinct, does, doesn't distinguish between Masasasi and all the other items which are m- m- mentioned in the Mishnah. Um, he just, he, it just quotes all of them. And it says that if it's Masasasi or if it's if it's pruning the vines or pruning trees, whatever, it continues on. It says, he writes like this. There are, it, it, it says like this. If the balabais is makhbed, then a sur mishim gezel, then it'll be also because it's stealing. And the balabais makhbed, then a tar mishim gezel. So he quotes all the different cases, including the case in the Sasevanim and many of the cases in the Mishnah. And he says it's all dependent if the balabais is makhbed. So according to the Tesefta, which was an heir to Israel, the stones would have been exactly the same as sawdust. Because if the balabais is makhbed, then you're not allowed to take it. If he's not mocked it, you are allowed to take it. 
And therefore, the Mishnah says that when it's in the house of the Ummah, uh, when it's a house of the Ummah, usually it's not Makhbit, so you're allowed to have it. If it's in the house of the Balabayas, you would be Makhbit, therefore you would not be allowed to take it. Fine. But the Braisa in our Gemara actually distinguishes between them. It says, it says like this, and then it starts a new one that all the other cases, etc., etc. He says, it says it's dependent on the, uh, if the Balabayas is Makhbit on them or not. So in the Bryce of the Gemara, the French, it says, uh, 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 it says by the stones, by all these other items, it says it's dependent on Hakpad of the Baal. It says, but what's the Diak? It's beautiful. The Diak is because means themselves. There is no Gazel by these stones because we're talking about in Babel, and this is an item which has no value at all. The other Anyanim that have some type of value. So then it's just dependent if the Baal bias is Makhbad on them or not. And this also would explain right at the end of the Gemara. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Huda says that by uh, these other two inyanim of Chazis uh, and Hops, he says they, they don't have Imhem Shum Gezel. But he says, this isn't a place they don't care about. It. But if a place that they care about it, there would be Gezel. And the example is just given. He says, for example, in Surah, they would care about it because, um, because, because they have a lot of animals and they need it for, for, the, for the pasture of their animals. So he says, what's the diak over here by the hops and the schazes? He says, the diak is, he says, aim behem shum gezel. Naturally, they don't have any gezel. But if it's a place which is makbid, and explains what does it mean it's a place that's makbid, it means that this is a place that it's not the tchuna samakim. This is a place that has a lot of pasture. Therefore, they need these inyanim. Then it would be considered to have some type of value. And therefore, that's why the Gemara need to give an example. I give an example. Makbid, not makbid. It's very obvious. Saying it's not enough that the guy's makbid or not. It has to be mitzad the makim itself. This is something which has value to it. If mitzad the makim, it would be something which doesn't have value. So even if the people are like, oh, everyone's makbid about it, then they just uh, hold it for no purposes. And eventually, you know, just they, 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 they put it into the garbage. You know, they, no one's allowed to take it. And you put it on the, on the garbage. And then he goes to the garbage dump every week. So even if they're mocked, but it wouldn't make a difference because it's be'etzem has no type of value. And therefore, the Gemara has to give an example that it's like a spot that they, that it's not, it's something that has value because they're able to use it for pasture. So this is, again, maybe an interesting nafmina between, as they said, the Chassam Seif and the others, and the way how the Maharaj was learning it, that if you're saying it has to be compared to the Baal, so if you know the Baal is mocked, even if it doesn't make any sense, and we're not talking about just the Baal Abayas' Mahbid, because we said if it's just one person and no one else cares, then Baal Abayas' So let's say the whole area cares about this particular thing. We care. Don't, you know, don't go through, from, uh, from Toronto, you have the recycling bins, don't go through my recycling bins. Everyone's Mahbid about people going through the recycling bins to take out the cans and the water bottles and all the stuff and things that you're able to recycle. So everybody's in Mahbid. So even though, you know, you obviously, you're putting it into the garbage anyway, what do you care? But... If everybody is Makbid and they would stop you from doing this, you wouldn't be allowed to take it. Masha'inkin, toward the Marash, he says, you're throwing it out anyway. It has no value. So even though you're Makbid, it doesn't matter because Mitzan de Chayfid itself, it would be something which has um, no value to it. And now we can go back to the the Siyam and the Sakh of Abakama that the Marash was saying. So we, we said, we asked, according to the Marash, we don't even understand the question. We said that Masase Avanin, the Rebbe Marash is asking, L'chayr, there shouldn't be any hafker because they have no value. Um, so therefore, why did Hashem need to give it to Moshe Rabbeinu? L'chayr, this is Misasi Avani. We said in the Gemara, clearly, So what's the difference? So we asked on that, wait a second. We said, in the Mishnah, it, it was dependent if the Balabais is Machbit, if the Balabais is not Machbit. So if the Balabais is Machbit, it would be something which matters. And we said, if it's inside the Rishus, the actual home of the Balabais, then everybody's Machbit. So therefore, Masase Avan should automatically belong to Shem, and that's why Shem needs to give us a gift, even if it's just regular stones. So according to this explanation, now we could understand. The Luchis were given in the Midbar. The Midbar stones would have no value because they don't use stones to build. They didn't have stones in the Midbar. It wasn't something which was used. Therefore, since we're going according to the Gedorim of Lamat, according to the Minik of the, the people who are in that locale, Stones wouldn't have had any value. So when Moshe Rabbeinu made these luchas, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu made it down here below, they would not have had any value be'etzen. It's be'etzen it has something which has no value to it. So if it's just inside the stones, even if we're going to say, oh, in this particular case, people want it because it's the stones from luchas. No, it, this is something which be'etzen, stones be'etzen don't have any value. 
So therefore, we don't care if, if you're going to, if you personally are going to be makbid on it. It automatically belongs to the person who, the ummah. So therefore, that the Rebbe Marash needs to explain that over here, we're actually talking about that it was, it was, it was precious stones. It was sanpirai. That's why Hashem needed to give it to Meir Because mitzad, the stones itself, they would have been hefker be'etzah. And it's only because it was Sampir and it was, it was Sapphire, it was the precious stones. That's the only reason why Hashem needed to gift it to Maishra Ben. And based on this explanation, we can actually, also, the Rebbe defends in Ha'ara uh, 32, um, 30, 33, he also is able to defend the prior answer that we gave earlier, which I was explaining according to the Chassam Seger. Chassam Seger doesn't discuss this at all, just to be clear. Uh, I was just using the logic of the Chassam Seger uh, to explain what the question was based on. But now he says we're able to defend that because according to the Chassam Seifer, it has to do with is the person makbid or not? Right? Is, is the gaber makbid? And if it's like crumbs, something that we know that people are not makbid for, therefore it has so little value, it's automatically happening. So therefore, even if, even if let's say, these Masase Avanim would have been in the house of the Allah, since people don't care about it, uh, therefore it would have been, it would have been automatically happening. And that's why the Ramarash is asked, no, not the Ramarash, therefore, Lechaira, we said we could explain the question that if there's value to it, sorry, since there's no value, why did Hashem need to gift it to Moshe? Moshe would have automatically owned it. So we asked on that, the Lechaira, what's the difference between Sase Avanim and Sadas in the Mishnah? If it's, there is no difference, Lechaira. But now we can give a very obvious answer what the difference is based on what we were discussing. That in the Mishnah, uh, sorry, in by Hashem in the Midbar, we're talking about in the, in the Sinai, we're talking about where stones have no value. Therefore, Mitzad the Balabayas, it would have been something which is revealed, which is clear that he doesn't care about. Similarly in Bubble, where they don't keep it, everyone just throws out whatever leftovers they have, and that's something which would have been a Gilidas at the minute. Nobody cares about this particular idiom. It has no Hashivas at all, you throw it out. Masha'in came, if uh, in Eretz Yisrael, where it did have value, then, of course, it would be, if it's in the Rishus of the Balabais, then you would not be allowed to take it. So even according to the Chazam Seifer, we can now explain this, uh, this concept. So just to summarize what we've said, we explained. Our question, uh, the, the, the question that the Rebbe Marash asked is, why did Hashem need to gift the remnants of the Luchais? To Moshe Rabbeinu, Lechaira, they should have been his automatically because they're just regular stone, and regular stone doesn't have any value, therefore they're not trying to buy them and they're Hefker, and he's allowed to take it anyway. And we have two ways of explaining this question. The first way, which is the, the Rebbe Shab's way, which is Meduik in his Lashon, he says, in Shayachim Labaylam, there's no Shaykhis. So the Rebbe Rosh is saying it's because they have no value, Batsim. Since there's Batsim, no value to them, it's Hefker Mitzad the Hefz itself. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu would have been allowed to take it. So the answer is no, it's talking about Vantaikim. The second way of learning it is like the Sam Seifer, that since we're talking about an area where we know that the people that the Balabais does not care about it at all, even if it's in his own Rishus, it would be something that he would just throw out. So therefore, these remnants in the midbar, even if it was inside the Rishus of the Balabais, which is um, <clears throat> which Vaishem would be everywhere. So in the place of the desert where it didn't have any value, it would be automatically Hefker. Because the Baal would not be Mahbit. Even the Tzad the Gavra would be something which is automatically uh, Hefker because they don't care about it. Um, and that for Hashem said, no, we're talking about precious stones. So that's the bulk of the Sicha. Uh, the Rebbe does give a few additional answers, which we'll all just say over in a quick way. But um, definitely whoever has the ability should look at it more begin. Uh, another simple answer the Rebbe gives is, this is R16, that he says that we have a positive that says, uh, that the land, the earth, was given over to people. So our whole question was based on that. If it was Avanim Stam, it belong, it's inside the Rishus of Hashem, therefore it's in the Rishus of the Balabayas, therefore it automatically would belong to Hashem, even if it's regular stones. So the answer is no, because the art's not in the Adam. So whatever is in this world, unless it was specifically designated to Hekdish or something, it would belong to us. So whatever... The, if it was just a Vanim Stam, it would have automatically been have to belong to uh, human beings, and Moshe could have acquired it. So therefore, that's another way of explaining the question. Therefore, he had to say it was some pure thing. Uh, another explanation the Rebbe gives more at length in the, at the end, this is in Sif, um, Sif Zion, he says that Luchayra, the Luchas actually belonged to the Jewish people, because the Luchas, the Sapphire, was given over to the Jewish people. So Agazoi, the Luchas, wouldn't have been the Rishos of Hashem, Rishos of the Balabais, because it was given to the Jewish people, the 
the, the, the stones, because it has to be given over to Litzibur Yafa Yafa, so it would have belonged to the Jewish people. Therefore, Moshe would have been an Uman that was working on behalf of the Jewish people. So when he carved it out, it was in his, let's assume it was inside his own tent. So the, if it was regular stone, then the remnants of the stone would have belonged to him automatically. Um, so therefore, why does Hashem need to say Psalacha? It automatically belongs to him because we're talking about the Jewish people and it was in Moshe Rabbeinu's Rishos. So therefore, the Rabbi Rosh has to answer that, no, we're talking about it was precious stones. And therefore, since it was precious stones, um, it would have, wouldn't have automatically belonged to Moshe Rabbeinu. It still would have belonged to the uh, Balabas, the Eden. And therefore, Hashem needs to tell him clearly, Psalacha, that he's getting this as a gift.